But look, I made you some content. Daddy made you your favorite open wide. Here comes the content. It's a beautiful day to stay inside. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to the Orlando Soccer Show. Well, yeah, we're doing a soccer show, even though Orlando City and Orlando Pride did not play this past week. They are going to be playing this week, and that's why we're doing this show, is to preview all of the upcoming games. So, joining me, Austin David, is Brad Newton. Ahoy. Brad, how are you doing? Doing pretty well. Good. Not only is Brad Newton joining us, but... A special guest will be joining us today as well. He is from Florida Citrus Sports, the folks that are handling the Florida Cup, the Director of Marketing and Communications, Sam Gardner. He's going to answer all our questions about the upcoming Florida Cup, such as, why should you care, even though it's a preseason tournament? Will they be playing on grass or turf? We'll find out. I don't know. What else What else should we ask him? Ask him what teams are playing. Yeah, I mean that's kind of important. Three of the four yeah, uh, why, Super League teams. Why should why should I go to these games? Who who's playing? It's only your team. The only well, the only club in the world that right. matters. The only club that matters for you. Yeah. The only one. <laughs> and for those who don't know, it is going to be Arsenal, Everton, Inter Milan, and Millonarios from Colombia. Wow. Those are going to be played in July, and. Tickets are on sale now. Times have yet to be determined, but from what I've been hearing, don't worry, they won't be during the day because a soccer game during the day in Florida is hell. Who schedules games in the Florida heat during the summer, like during the day? Who does that? Oh, MLS does. Well, as we learned last week, MLS, not a real week league. Yep. It's true. Not, not in my personal record book. Not a real league. Scottish Premier League, though. Diarrhea. <laughs> well, uh, let us go ahead and chat about the upcoming games for Orlando City and Pride. And then we'll get into our interview with Sam. And then we'll do our weird news and red cards per the usual. For Orlando City this week, they are quote-unquote away against Toronto on Saturday the 19th. And I say quote-unquote away is because they're playing at Orlando City's home ground. The unique thing about this is that the game will not be open to fans because it is a Toronto home game, and Toronto's home games this season have been closed to everyone. I mean, that's going to be like half Orlando City fans at the gates just screaming, let me in. Yeah, I mean, I get why it's a closed door match because, yes, uh, t- uh, Toronto is technically home. Um, I almost called them Tottenham because if you look at the record, uh, Toronto is the worst league- team in the league, uh, such as Toronto or Tottenham are the worst uh, team in the Premier League. Um <laughs> I get it. I get it. You need so many home games, so you're going to basically be the tenant for Orlando at Orlando City's venue because you can't travel within Canada like going across the border. I get it. I get it. Um still, that's the you're you're not going to really feel at home playing against Orlando City in Orlando City Stadium. Mm-hmm. Well, they were actually looking at different options for the venues were Toronto. Um, They were looking at Raymond James Stadium in Tampa to go play their game. Uh, They were looking at possibly going down to Miami and playing down there. However, they settled on sticking in Florida for at least their next two home games. After that, because Canada is opening back up, they have not made any decisions as of right now, but their next home game is scheduled after those two games, to be against Orlando City again on July 17th. That could still be in Orlando, 
However, they have another home game on July 21st against the New York Red Bulls. I have a feeling by August 1st, when they host Nashville, they'll be back in Toronto, however. I think that uh, restrictions will ease up there by at least that point. But you could see those July games at home against Orlando and New York Red Bulls for Toronto be back in Toronto and not in Orlando. So this Orlando-Toronto matchup in Orlando when Toronto's the home team, will be most likely a one-time thing. But the nice thing is, Orlando gets to play in their home stadium, albeit not in front of fans, which kind of helps boost them a little bit. Look at all those chickens! Just thinking of Toronto not letting Orlando fans into the stadium, and just thinking about, look at all those chickens when I see the, the Toronto players. I mean, cowards. They're cowards. Fraud. Yep. Well, I'm not a fraud. Um, no, you're not a fraud. Toronto's a fraud. Yeah. Um, you know, again, I get it. You're kind of, you're in a, you're in a lose-lose situation here, but not letting people in. You're, you're a coward. Yeah. Well, you, speaking of frauds, do you know who uh, a lot of Toronto C fans feel is a fraud? Uh, their manager. Yes. Chris Armas. Yeah. Um, they're not happy with him. Uh, I don't think uh, Josie Altador is either. No. He wants out. <laughs> yeah. He's basically done playing for Toronto now. Yeah. Uh, for those who, who didn't hear about um, Josie's little thing, he basically got frozen out of training. And um, he's having a uh, dispute with the current coaching staff. I'm pissed now. He was, he was subbed off in the game against Orlando when they lost one nothing back last month. And he is now training on his own apart from the team after having a disagreement with Chris Armas after that game. Uh, that was back in May. Things could have changed since then. But Fucking embarrassing! I don't know, man. It's hard to repair a relationship um, when it's just starting. It's kind of like first impressions speak volumes and this said fuck you yeah it's not it's not the best sort of feeling i would imagine from josie's point of view like everything he's he's he basically was that club for a really long time and now Mm. um sort of getting treated like that by the new guy when the new boss uh might not necessarily have that same sort of sentimentality about it that's it's Mm. not a great position to be in yeah well, I'm excited to see what happens this weekend. If Josie is actually on the roster, if he's training with the team or whatever, uh, we will see and find out soon Art. enough. You know who else? In, if if he's not, you know who could be taking his place? Ooh, boy. Uh, Ooh, boy. Yeah. It's not in front of fans, so they can't heckle him or no. they can't cheer for him. And, and, it's can't unlikely, do anything. and it's unlikely he'd celebrate if he... Well, I can't even really fathom him scoring because I past this first year here, he didn't really do it all that often in that stadium. So, yeah, um, yeah. Anyways, we're talking about Dom Dwyer, yeah. former Orlando City striker. Hello there. Hello, indeed, Dom. He is still on Toronto's roster. He did not play against Orlando the last game out. He was in attendance way at the top of the stadium in the box seats. But yeah, I, th- I believe the I believe the injury report said out Orlando flu. Well, we'll see if that's the case again this weekend. The thing is with Toronto, at one point in time they had a number of injuries to their striking force. Now they have most of them back. So outside of Josie's whole thing that's going on, they have Io Akinola. They have Patrick Mullins, they have, actually, one of their forwards got loaned out to Toronto FC 2. So, yeah, it's just those those two and Dom Dwyer, if Josie's not playing. So, basically, right now, Dom Dwyer's third string on the depth chart for strikers. You, you say that, and even just looking at how Toronto's played, now that they've been getting people back. I mean, they, they lost two one to Columbus, like before the international break. What were, are they coming back? Have they come back since the break started? Or is that like, they played a, they played a closed door friendly against Miami. 
recently, but nobody knows who how that went or who won or lost or who scored or anything like that. Mystery friendly. Mm-hmm. And it was in Orlando, probably at Champions Gate. I guess we'll never know. Uh, anyways, with Dom Dwyer coming back, if he plays, we talked about it last week or two weeks ago, whenever the last time we talked about Dom Dwyer was. It's a mystery to what he'll do for Toronto because he has not played since his surgery from MLS's back a year ago, almost to the day. He played a couple minutes in NYCFC when they were up there. I think he had like 10% passing accuracy or something ridiculous like that, but small sample size. We'll see if he ends up playing or starting even against Orlando this coming weekend. Stinky! You know what's not stinky? Daryl DK returning. Oh, that's, it's so lovely to to have our large adult son back. Yeah. Um, We posted a video uh, from Benji Michelle's Instagram. And the first thing you hear from Daryl DK, he says, oh, my days. And I just can't th- help but thinking, God, he really has just fully ingrained himself in British culture because no American is coming out and saying, oh, my days. I mean, yeah, I mean, he, he's been there for a while. Um, yeah, oh, since December. Yeah, he spent half a year someplace and, you know, those are predominantly who you hang out with over there. That's You're going to pick up on their the way they talk that's that sounds about right i mean yep and he's still young he's you know <laughs> it's crazy to think like he's done all of this in the past year he's he's gotten drafted from uh virginia he's scored in mls gotten called up to the u.s men's national team scored for the u.s men's national team now loaned off to barnsley in the championship scored there too got awards for players of the month goal of the year almost got them to the premier league it's been quite a year for terrell dk and the craziest part about it he's 21 years old he just turned 21 on june 3rd yeah i mean he's done it faster than messi did i don't think i don't think messi's accomplished any of those things yet he has not no that that is absolutely true and Daryl DK, despite not playing, won the CONCACAF Nations League. That's how great he is. Yeah. Didn't even have to play to win. I mean, it, it, just, it just shows you, you know, the uh, the level of greatness that, that he already has in his young career. Yeah. Now, naturally, Daryl DK is coming back. But also naturally, the rumors are a-flying. Where would he go next? What team will he be on next season will he be here in orlando for the remainder of the 2021 season and just today the rumor is that watford really want daryl dk for their first season back in the premier league that's interesting um Mm -hmm. i will say this we'll we'll be getting into it with uh two premier league teams that are visiting orlando very 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 soon Mm -hmm. Um, could they also be leaving with an Orlando player? It's a very good question. I, I mean, the, what better time to scout an Orlando team I'm just saying. than when they're in Orlando, when Orlando is not here, because they'll be on the road. Right, unless he doesn't go on the road. Mm. I mean, they could head out to the training grounds and be like, hey, let's take a look at this guy. DK makes his Arsenal debut in the Florida Cup. Oh, my God. Imagine imagine the scenes it'd be, it'd be like hulk hogan ripping off his shirt and revealing the nwo shirt underneath it or something like that you know yeah and imagine like daryl dk's first um time back in the stadium and like he who did that oh clint dempsey did that do you remember when he was announced for seattle he like went in the middle of the field and like took off his shirt and revealing a sounders jersey yeah yeah I remember yeah that. It'd be like that. So he like Dar- like Daryl walks out at halftime of the the Arsenal game when they're playing in the Florida Cup, and he just takes off his shirt and he's wearing an Arsenal jersey. Man, I think I I I think I would pass out right there. <laughs> I 
I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I could, if I don't, I don't know how happy I would be at that moment if he just took <laughs> off his, if he'd like, and it just said, it, he had like his own Arsenal jersey and it said DK on there. And it's like, yeah, this is happening. It's not, it's not going to happen, but. <laughs> hey, never say never. You know, maybe, maybe we'll got to talk with Mikel Arteta and be like, hey, you heard of this DK guy? Yeah. One day. What if? What if they Any- were that? What if they were that? That uh, big four club that was talking to him. Maybe. Won't well, maybe. I won't. mean, they they'd also have to be in the big four. Listen, we've we've already established <laughs> that there isn't a bigger club. I thought that they're not playing in a real league, though. By yeah. your own definition. Yeah. That's fine. Big fish, small pond. Mm. Uh, there's a there is there's another person making a return. Who? Nani. That is true. Nani is back from red card suspension. Thankfully, after the injustice that was done against him, uh, Orlando City lost their first game without him. Still managed to beat Toronto though. I thought they I thought they won their first game without him. They won their first game, but they also lost their first game as well. Oh, like they oh, lost gotcha, their first game gotcha, of the season. Gotcha, yeah. The, of the yeah. two game suspension, I was like, I was confused there for a second. I was like, they won that first game, he was gone, and then they, they, but no, they lost their first game of the season without him. Gotcha. I was just a little yes. caught up with that. Yeah, yeah. It'd be great to have him back, get him rested, you know, mentally and physically. He didn't have to play. Kind of was able to take it easy. Had a nice four week break, basically. And now you get to come back, and it's right in the thick of things, realistically, because for Orlando City, they have three home, quote-unquote, home games coming up. Sorry, three Florida games. Yeah. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Well, I think that's the, the better way to put it than just three home games, because they're playing Toronto in Orlando. They're playing San Jose in Orlando, and then they're playing Miami in Miami. So they're not leaving the state so it's 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 a fairly easy travel schedule to get back into it with. Yes. Absolutely. But those three games are coming in very fast and furious. So they're the 19th, 22nd, and 25th. So you're playing Saturday, Tuesday, and Friday. Which means from the Toronto game, you have two days off. And then from the San Jose game, you have two days off. I think uh, Oscar Pereja is going to have some fun trying to figure things out with that. Yeah, uh, three games in six days does not sound that fun. Um, it, it, I'm I'm just happy to have Nani back because, as we saw in the game against Toronto and against the Red Bulls, the offense did not look like it was really generating much without him. That Mirce Pereira was sort of has been sort of off so far the season to start uh chris mueller uh, was getting beat a lot on the side there uh against toronto um yeah hopefully we get some uh some more offensive uh creativity with nani returning um so hopefully that's it's a good turnaround from what the team had looked like really only generating two goals in two games so it's it's not what you'd want from a team that looks like it's improving year over year. Yeah. I think uh, the biggest thing is just having these guys get some rest, replenish their minds, their bodies. You know, Chris went on vacation, went back home to go visit his family. So hopefully that helps just reset things for them. I think getting that one loss out of the way when the team was tired and not mentally focused, I think that's going to be just good to get it out of the way and now you can come back and focus and hopefully continue the good run of form that you were going on um i do want to give a shout out very quickly to rodrigo schlegel uh his dad has been battling uh sickness so for the last couple weeks and he's he's been uh posting rodrigo has uh saying pray for my father pray for him please you know so uh best wishes to him and hopefully he is able to get through it but I don't think you'll see Rodrigo back until that situation is resolved. So um, best wishes to him and his family, and hopefully it uh, all works out for the best. Uh, 
So once again, Orlando City will be playing a closed-door home game, quote-unquote home game, against Toronto on Saturday, 7.30 kickoff. You can tune in on Fox 35+. Plus, or, if you're Toronto, Toronto Sports Network. But I will be there, and that's the important thing. Now, on to the other good team of soccer in Orlando. Actually, the best team, technically, because yeah, they have lost. It positionally, uh, they are top of the table. Um, yep, they they, so. they have not lost. This is this is an undisputed fact. The Orlando Pride. They are coming off a one-one draw against the Washington Spirit. We talked at length about it last week, so we won't really talk too much about it this week. But their next game is at home against Gotham FC, and it's going to be interesting with Gotham. Because they're they're a hard team to make out whether or not they're good or not. Yeah, I know it's really confusing because they just came off their last game was against uh, OL Rain where they won one nothing. They dominated possession, uh, dominated the ball, were better passing, better shooting team, uh, and then. The game before that, they lost one nil to Portland. So it's it's really one of those right. where, and then you take it a step further back, and then it's a nil nil draw against Chicago. So mm-hmm. I don't. This is a this is a very the, the the most we can garner from this team is they're a very staunch defensive team because they don't allow more than one goal per no. game. Yeah, I think that's that's the very least we can discern from this. team. It's either one nil or nil nil. That's those are the only results from a, a Gotham game uh so far uh, in regular season play um mm-hmm. i don't quite remember the result from the open cup match between the two or challenge cup sorry um yeah gotham won again one nil so um it's one of those things where their defense is good and you just kind of and and now that we're seeing international players leave the pride it's it's gonna get tougher from here so Mm -hmm. well um, the thing is gotham fc also has players that are leaving on international duty um mainly carly lloyd being the yeah biggest she's kind of the the main name that you would think also uh midge purse Mm -hmm. she is currently with the u.s women's national team ali long also with the u.s women's national team Currently, their starting goalkeeper, Kaylin Sheridan, is hurt, and Didi uh, Heritage has been playing in her stead, and she's been doing fairly well. But that the back line, like Gina Lewandowski, who was a, a top-tier center back in Europe, has been on the bench for the last couple of games, which is kind of wild to me. But you, you have players like Estelle Johnson, uh, Imani Dorsey, uh, Nicole Baxter... Mandy Freeman. Yeah, I mean, they they have a lot of very solid players. Not necessarily I mean, names that you would be like, hey, I know her, but solid NWSL players. And much like the Orlando Pride with their back line, you know, you have the two alleys that are notable. And then you have Phoebe McLernan. Kanye Plummer. Yeah, well, Kanye Plummer hasn't even played. She played in the, the Challenge Cup. In the Yeah, in the Challenge she played, Cup. She but, played the full 90 against Gotham in the Challenge Cup, too. I don't know. She's well. She's playing with uh, Jamaica right now. Yeah, true. Captaining them, in fact. So mm-hmm. very, very good for her. Uh, unfortunately for Jamaica, though, they have not gotten the the results that they they probably would have wanted. Yeah, um, especially that playing last against. Match. Right, they played against the U.S. and lost speaking, four nothing. Speaking of Carly Lloyd, <laughs> Carly Lloyd scored in the first minute. Yeah, there was twenty three seconds. I think it was. Yep. Yeah yikes and yeah then, as a matter of fact two two gotham players scored in this game carly and midge purse yeah and then uh alex morgan did in stoppage time after she came on at halftime for carly lloyd yep she scored in 91st minute um against konya Plummer and former orlando pride player denisha blackwood that was uh two of the four in the back line so i, I mean outside of that they had their uh their win that they played against Nigeria, they won one nothing. So that was good, but then you get to play the US and well, 
that was always going to be a bit of a tough game. So for Orlando Pride, they will be uh, suiting up uh, against the New York, New Jersey Gotham FC is what they're officially known as. They will be suiting up against them on June 20th, which is this weekend on Sunday at home at Exploria Stadium. It is open to fans, unlike the Orlando City game the day before, and that game will kick off at 6 o'clock. So there you go. We'll be talking with Mark Skinner later this week to discern who will be available. And we will uh, keep you updated on our, our social media at ORL Soccer Show, which again, please follow if you haven't. And if you're listening to the show and you haven't followed it, how did you find us? Yeah, how us did know. you get here? Please, please tell me. <laughs> All right. Last thing before we get into our interview with Sam Garner from the Florida Citrus Sports and the Florida Cup. I want to talk about the Euros very quickly. Us being the Orlando Soccer Show, of course, we have no real vested opinions in, in European soccer. We will share them nonetheless. But my team, England, with a big one nothing victory against Croatia. Who are you rooting for? In this I think it's, European Championship. I think it's pretty well established in the canon that um, me being Quebecois and the closest thing I get to that is rooting for France, even though it's like it's it's kind of a weird thing. But um, yeah, I mean, France. Yeah, France. In the group of death, by the way, they get the fun pleasure of playing against Germany and Portugal and Hungary. But Hungary will probably not make it out of that group, unfortunately. Probably not. No. Uh, I mean, when you're champions of the world, it's it's hard to look at the group of death like it's you know. Oh, oh, because you're just so amazing, huh? They are. They are. Mm-hmm. I have a feeling that the champion of the Euros will come out of this group. I think that it's hard to hard to say that that otherwise. I mean, uh. Just looking around at it, I don't, I don't know who else is is really, um, really. I, I, France hasn't played, of course, yet. I mean, they they don't yeah. play until tomorrow when we're recording this on Monday. So Tuesday, so today, I guess when this episode comes out um, at three uh, against Germany. So that that that'll be a fun one to watch. Germany, of course, uh, looked in shambles in the World Cup. Um, mm. Well, it'll be interesting to see like how they've sort of sort of progressed past that. Yeah. We got to watch Belgium the other day, which was Yeah, that was about right. Yeah. Yeah. Belgium doing Belgium things. Mm-hmm. Um saw Italy play. They looked pretty good. Uh Austria looked decent uh i think ukraine could be one of those third place teams that surprises some people um but i think in group c you have austria and the netherlands is one and two and then probably ukraine is three i was fairly impressed with north macedonia though all things considered you know in in their game against austria it was one one for most of the game and then it took a david alaba cross into the box that was got a thing of beauty to open up the game a little bit. And then, of course, North Macedonia had to start pushing forward, and Austria scored a, a third, wherein then Marko Arnautovic started flashing a white power symbol to the goalkeeper of North Macedonia, which, you know, bad. Bad. Yeah, don't do that. That's, no. There's, there, that's, that's not a good thing to do. Nope. Definitely not. Uh, Group D, you have the Czech Republic and England, Funny enough, is one and two right now. Czech Republic won against Scotland two nil. England beat Croatia one nil. I'd be, I'd be surprised if Croatia and England weren't one and two. Uh, Czech Republic, they did score like an absolute worldie today. I don't know if you saw the goal that they scored. Um, Patrick Schick scored one from midfield. Oh yeah, I, I read about it. I didn't see it, but yeah, 
Like he he struck it just about five steps inside the midfield line and chipped the goalkeeper from Scotland, David Marshall. What a goal. Very impressive. In terms of Group E, you have Slovakia, Spain, Sweden, and Poland. Poland had a shocking result against Slovakia today. 2-1 loss. Yeah, usually when your keeper lets in a a pretty amazing own goal, that'll that'll pretty much do it for you. Yeah, well, it is Wojciech Szczesny, and as an Arsenal fan, you know exactly how Wojciech Szczesny can play. Yeah. But yeah, so Poland kind of shot themselves in the foot with Krachowiak uh, getting a red card in the 62nd. Then they concede to Skriniar in the 68th. Not great start for Poland and one of the best strikers in the world, Robert Lewandowski. Held off the score sheet in this first match of the Euros this year. Mm -hmm. Well, to be fair, when he's playing with Bayern Munich, you're playing with some of the best players in the world. And then you go to Poland and it's like, yeah, guys, service, please. <laughs> it's 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 the LeBron pointing at uh, J.R. Smith meme. <laughs> it's that that for ninety minutes. Oh, I think if this if this happens again with Poland, where Lewandowski gets held off the score sheet, we need to Photoshop a, a picture of Lewandowski's head on LeBron and just Chesney's on J.R. Smith, <laughs> or just the entire like just the club the Croatian national team crest yeah, is the on. Badge. Yeah. yeah, that's fair, I guess. Yep. So we will, we will wait with bated breath to see what happens. So I, can... I, every time I look at Chesney, though, he is about as, as squinty as, as J.R. Smith is in, in that picture. <laughs> Just like, what? Yeah. Man. All right, so let me ask, who's your final four in the Euros? Oh, boy. Um, it's a very it's a very loaded question because anything can happen. Like, third-place teams can make through, and then yeah. who the hell knows what's going to happen. But um, if you had your choice this of year, teams to go through. Um, well, uh, I'll go... I'll go. I'll go fourth, uh, one through four. I'll do it. I'll do it. Most likely to make it. I'm going to say. Um, I'm going to say, Italy, Belgium, France, and England. Hmm. Interesting. Now I will say this: when it comes to England, because they're in Group D, if they win Group D. They will be playing the runners-up of Group E, which is the Spain, Poland, uh, Sweden, Slovakia group. Yeah. Now, if the if if they're the runners-up of Group D, they'll be playing the runners-up of Group E. Which, yeah, you could absolutely do that. Actually, sorry, I was wrong. The runners-up of Group D will be the runners-up of Group E. If you win Group D, so if England wins Group D. You play the runner-up of Group F, aka the Group of Death. Oh yeah, oh buddy. Um, well, England aren't bad. I'd say I'd say they're remarkably better than they have been in years past. And it, yeah, but it's, it's almost like it's almost like you don't want to win that group because you know what's coming if you win. You're better off finishing as a runner-up in Group D than winning it. So in this analogy, would would the would England be the Clippers or would they be the Hawks? Mm. I think they're the Hawks, right? Because the Hawks, because the Hawks won and, and got themselves smacked in the face by the Sixers. The Clippers went and lost, and then yeah, but the Clippers are—they haven't lost yet. Neither of the Hawks yet. It's, um, yeah, I mean, both the Clippers did get taken to seven games, though. So I, I think they're more Clippers because it, the Hawks actually had a better first round than the Clippers. Right, did. that's what I'm saying. So, uh, so in that case, in that case, if they win, like the the Hawks, the Hawks had a good first round. So I'm saying, if if England win in the group and they do really well, only to then have to face group germany 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 portugal yeah any in my scenario either germany or portugal oops or france but i'm saying in my scenario if france win and they're one of the top four teams yeah you're not then yeah whoops yep uh regardless that game will be in london 
if if so if they win if they win group d they will be hosting that game in london if they lose and finish runners up in group d they're playing in copenhagen you almost want to lose so yeah I, actually i think you're right I'd, I'd almost rather i think they're almost the clippers in that scenario then well we'll we'll see when it gets to the uh round of 16 which is june 26th is when it starts the quarterfinals start july 2nd semifinals july 6th and the final is july 11th in london at 3 p.m eastern time anyways that's it for the euros obviously it's not our necessarily area of expertise here at the orlando soccer show first game of first game of copa first two games of copa happened yesterday too that is true Brazil and Sebas Mendes. Sebas Mendes played for Ecuador. Uh, yeah, sadly, Colombia beat Ecuador one uh, nil. Mm-hmm. Brazil three nil over Venezuela. Mm-hmm. Um, Peru will be playing. Uh, Pedro Galese is out there. Brandon Austin will be getting his first start in goal, most likely on Saturday as well. Forgot to mention that in the Orlando City segment. So uh, yeah. There's really kind of unknowns about him, though, so we will have to wait and see and then judge his performance after the fact. But be sure to uh, to tune into uh, Peru's game when they take on uh, Brazil on Thursday. That'll be their first game of Copa America. Then they'll be playing Colombia and Ecuador. So Sebas against Pedro Galese will be on June 23rd. For those that want to be aware, June 23rd, 5 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. Now, from the local players in other tournaments to now local tournaments happening here in Orlando, let us go ahead and have a chat with the Director of Marketing and Communications from Florida Citrus Sports, Sam Gardner, to fill us in about what's going on with this year's Florida Cup. So, joining us now on the show He's the man from Florida Citrus Sports, the director of marketing and communications for uh, Florida Citrus Sports, as well as the Florida Cup. It is Sam Gardner. Sam, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. Of course. So, uh, obviously, Florida Cup in the past has brought in a multitude of teams that many people have never seen before here in Central Florida. And this year, uh, maybe more so, but with many bigger names, can you just talk about how it's changed from years past to this year and and how it became kind of a a bigger deal. Sure. Yeah. So if you've uh, attended or or seen a Florida cup, it's been around for several years now, 2015, 16, uh, Ricardo VR and his team had sort of dreamed up the idea of this, this domestic tournament that helped engage, you know, soccer markets around the world, whether that was in South America or Europe. Uh, but we saw a lot of, or when I say we, Ricardo and the Florida Cup saw a lot of success, especially in the South American market. And, and in, in Brazil, Ricardo's from uh, Sao Paulo and it has a lot of connections there. And so we, he's kind of seen this thing build over the years. And then within the past year, uh, we at Florida Citrus Sports got involved with Florida Cup. We acquired the rights to it. We've begun working with with Ricardo and kind of dreaming up how we can take this successful tournament that he's built and, and make it something, you know, even more broadly appealing. Uh, so so what we've done is, is, you know, we've taken, you know, we've taken the approach of you got to bring in the best teams if you want to if you want to make a name for yourself with the tournament. So so we've brought in for this year's tournament, this year's Florida Cup will be uh, this July 25th and 28th. And our, our four teams competing, it'll be uh, Arsenal and Inter or Arsenal and Inter will play in one matchup on, on the 25th and one of the semifinals. And the other will be Everton uh, from the Premier League also against Millenarios, which is a top Colombian club, which actually just yesterday uh, qualified for the, the championship in that particular league. Uh, you know, as you know, Everton has uh, Mina and, and James Rodriguez and, and some Colombian names that should make for a, a, a pretty interesting matchup there. And then the winners will play, the losers will play. And, it, you know, that'll be it'll make for a pretty exciting week of soccer around here featuring teams from, you know, the, the, the top leagues all over the world, which is really all, what we were after and, and what we were you know, kind of hoping to provide for Orlando as, as everybody kind of works towards this World Cup goal. And, and, and it becomes a bigger soccer destination than it already is. So let me ask you, because with these teams and with it being preseason, a lot of people are going to look at this and say, oh, well, the starters aren't going to play. You know, none of those guys are going to travel. Or, I mean, have you heard from any of the teams about 
if you'll have guys like Hamas Rodriguez, Yeri Mina, or any of the guys from, from Arsenal or anything like that? Yeah, our plan is to have most of them. Uh, that's what we expect. Uh, if anything, the thing that will have a bigger effect is how far they how far they advance in euros or in a copa tournament if that happens to be it or if they're playing in the olympics things like that would be more likely to kind of stand in the way uh because they're contractually they have to have a certain amount of rest things like that uh so you know it's kind of tough to say exactly without knowing how some of these big uh, you know summer you know international team tournaments pan out but our expectation is to have you know the types of names and players that you'd you'd want to be coming over because you know this is ultimately their preseason and then their their you know kind of training is really more the more the way they look at it you know you, you bring in some of these possibly some summer transfers or other people who who need to get acclimated and then depending on how the timing of all that falls uh, you, you know you might even see some of them uh, in in Orlando this summer so I think it's 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 certainly I, I don't want to say it's TBD I, I think that we'll have a, a strong showing from from top players recognizable players uh, you know but there may be limited numbers that are impacted by their their team's advancement in, in another tournament of course so now with florida cup in the past they've usually done like a, a whole week of, of events and and different things with fans obviously with covid in 2021 being a bit unique to say the least um are there any plans outside of the games for the florida cup uh to kind of involve fans with some of these teams yeah you know we'll we'll have some of the the ancillary events that, that we're used to having. I mean, I don't know if you ever saw the foot golf that, that they do out at, at Champions Gate with Lennar or or some of the uh, the other, you know, more uh, legends type events. You know, we'll, we'll have some legends in town from each team. We'll, we'll have the, the a legends matchup game of some kind. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll have the foot golf. We'll have, you know, a, a speaking engagement. There will be different ways to engage. And I know Universal is working on some things too within the park. You know, normally there would be, large concerts and things like that. And, and while those won't take the same shape, there'll still be a, a you know, a, a footprint and a, and a, you know, presentation at, at Universal that that's part of the action as well. So it's, uh, you know, it's because of the, I guess the, the, the nature of this year, uh, you know, those details are still honestly being hammered out in terms of the, the, the time it starts or the time it ends, things like that. But it's, there's a lot of exciting stuff in the hopper, uh, you know, even, even with it being, you know, a challenging year, given just the circumstances around events in general. Building off of that in years prior, Florida cup had been a multi-venue sort of event spread out across a couple different cities across Florida. I, I remember attending games at FAU. Now is, is COVID just one of those things that's preventing it from, being a multi-venue place or is this the plan moving forward with the Florida cup to sort of stick to one venue and, and sort of have all the games in one area? Yeah. Our, our vision moving forward is to have camping world stadium be the home of the Florida cup. And that's where it would be, you know, year over year, uh, you know, they've had su some success in, the, in their past iterations. You mentioned being in Boca, they've played some matches in St. Pete, you know, they, they was spread around the state. And, and I think the nice thing about having Orlando is that, that all the, all of those markets are still like attainable and reachable and, and not a, a challenging drive for fans in those areas to make it to Orlando as well. So I think if anything, we're, our hope is to highlight Orlando is not just the destination in general that it is, but the, the sports stores and destination that it is. And, and hopefully get some of those fans who engaged in other markets to, to make the short drive up or down, depending on where they're coming from, to, to see the matches here. So with the, the teams that you guys selected, Arsenal and Everton being from the Premier League, Inter Milan from Italy and Serie A, and then Miguel Narios uh, from Colombia, who's actually played in the Florida Cup before, because uh, I remember going to uh, one of their games at UCF. What went into the decision of, of picking those specific teams? You know, I, I think that certainly we, we wanted to have brands that would be that would stand on their own, that don't need to be teed up necessarily. And, and I know that in the U.S., not everybody was raised on European soccer. So maybe Arsenal and Everton are, are names that you've started to hear more recently. Or, you know, maybe you hear people talking about Inter Serie A title, you know, things like that. You know, I, I we think that we got certainly especially arsenal inter everton are teams that you hear on your tv pretty constantly these days i mean you you whether you're watching you know sports center or soccer specific programming these are teams that are bound to come up and 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 we're you know we started kind of you start with your big list of everybody who you hope you could get knowing that you have to ultimately get three or four of those shots to work uh and and i think that that's kind of the, the result to, what you see is the result of that an effort to focus on you know top tier 
European clubs um, and, and kind of seeing which were the right fit in terms of, you know, interest and availability and, and you know, demands and, and so forth. And I, I, we're pretty proud of the ones we, we landed on uh, and they're looking forward to hosting them. It's got to be a, a pretty big boon having Inter Milan there, considering they just won Serie A this past season. So having, you know, getting big teams that that, that are winning titles is certainly a, a good way to uh, attract more attention to it. I mean, you guys have also had Palmeiras uh, from Brazil in years past, last year, correct? Yeah, so getting teams that are, that are winning their league and really bringing a, a, a more visibility, is that sort of the goal going forward or shuffling through different champions or trying to get some of the same some of the same teams year in and year out i think that anytime you can bring in a champion i mean that's a, a great opportunity and it'll be cool you know they'll bring the scudetto with them and they'll have you know they'll have something at fan fest where fans can check it out that you know that'll be a different kind of neat component of it all and i think you know when when we're talking about this tournament i don't think the, the goal is not to repeat teams year over year and, and kind of have the same group. We want to offer something fun and unique and compelling each year. And then, you know, it's a lot of times it's, you know, teams play, teams playing their own things in advance. So you kind of have to look at their, their existing schedules or, or what they have on deck or where they've been recently or, or not been recently, you know, if, you know, you, you wouldn't necessarily bring in a team that had just appeared in Orlando or just appeared in, you know, somewhere close by recently, things like that. You, you consider at least when you're kind of determining who to bring in for a given year. Um, but I, I think the goal will remain to, to bring in teams that are hopefully in the top, top tier of their league, whatever their league happens to be, uh, while still kind of spreading, spreading the, the field around the world. You know, our, our, the, the following in South America is, is incredibly strong. Uh, you know, you, you notice, or you noted Palmeiras, there's been lots of, you know, Brazilian and South American teams that have come up here. And, and it, it, honestly, you watch the social engagement on any of our posts since we've announced teams and it's the Millenarios fans, you know, the, the Colombian fans were the most engaged. So, you know, that's still a, something that will remain going forward focused on, you know, that's why Millenarios is part of this. That, that's, you know, and if the circumstances were different COVID wise and, and maybe Brazil or Argentina, maybe that's another area you look. So I think that you'll see some variety, but still kind of the same, general makeup in the in the way the tournament is built or the types of teams that we're after because it's not just international teams that you guys like to attract either too last year you guys brought in nycfc as well uh is there is there more of a plan to integrate some either usl mls different level teams throughout north america as well you know, I, I think that that's uh, all options are explored. You know, you mentioned NYCFC coming for a previous last year's event, and and certainly those discussions are are had. You know, it, 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 a lot of times it works out to a matter of scheduling. The the tournament in the previous iterations was held in January, uh, so that was more the off season for for some of the South American clubs, which is why you saw more involvement there. Whereas this tournament now falls in the middle of the MLS season. Uh, you know, obviously this year there's there's also all this international play that's going on as well that further complicates scheduling. But I, I think that, you know, the challenge there would be if you had a, a summer window, you know, how, how would you make that possible for, for MLS clubs or maybe other leagues that might play in the same same time frame. Um, but it's the nice thing is we've got a, a, a team that's experienced at doing this and has relationships and, and that, you know, can can find those answers if, if there's answers to be found. So building off that, just is the challenge moving forward to sort of find that window where you have, if you're trying to draw in from different areas around the world, just finding a, a good window during multiple leagues off seasons? Yeah, I, I, you know, there, there's, it's like the, the perfect time is not the perfect time for everybody. So it's, it's sort of, you know, figuring out which, you know, where, where you land that, that makes the most people happy or can, or can bring in the, the closest lineup to the goal that you're, you're out to, that you've set from the beginning. Um, you know, I, I can't imagine, you know, I, I would expect this to continue to be, you know, a kind of a summer tournament, uh, just because I, I would imagine that we'd still want the the Premier League involvement and, and Serie A involvement and, and kind of using it as that sort of training ground as they get ready to start their, you know, summer fall campaign uh, and kick things off. But, you know, certainly nothing set in stone. And I, I think that we'll ultimately go, you know, where the where the interest in the matchups take us you know if if we see that we have this tournament this year and there's a great response around this that or the other thing you know all of that factors into your decision making going forward if we see that boy the colombian market really responded well and they loved having millenarios here playing against a top flight 
European team, you know, maybe that's a, a thing where you continue going back to that well because you know that those fans get excited about it and will travel and will will show up and support the event. So it's uh, I, I think that the the level of support uh, certainly will not dictate things, but I think it'll it'll help it make make it easier to make those decisions going forward. As this is kind of our first our first take at at the kind of this elevated level of competition i think once we have a chance to see how it goes and debrief and and understand what worked and what didn't then it'll make it easier to plan for for future iterations and hopefully it's the case that you know we're you know, we just announced these teams last week for an event in july so obviously hopefully in the future we'll be able to give a little more heads up and then people will have more you know more time to build excitement and plan and and things like that so i i would imagine that you know the 22 lineup will be coming out hopefully much sooner than uh july or june of 22. Gotcha. So now I know you're a little bit biased when it comes to this, but over the years in the past, you know, Florida Citrus Sports hasn't been involved. And now you guys have have kind of stepped in working with Ricardo and have basically, you know, taken over. How much do you feel that has benefited Florida Cup, not just with the teams that you've gotten, but behind the scenes with some of the stuff that you guys have been able to do and and being able to plan something as big as this in such a short amount of time? Yeah, I, I think that bringing in that the know-how of you know certainly operating the the cheese it bowl behind me or the citrus bowl, you know that that's not it's not a, a linear, you know, approach to running soccer. But I, I think that being in that big event space kind of you know helped with the the onboarding, so to speak, and and you know getting up to speed. And then you know with Florida Citrus Sports, we we we've been here seventy five years in some form or fashion. You know that's how, how long Citrus Bowl has been around and. And, you know, over that time, you build a lot of connections, whether it's, you know, politically, locally or with tourism partners or just people around the country who who, you know, recognize what it is you do and that you're good at it. So I, I think that having the, the combination of someone like Ricardo, who is who is so, you know, in tune with the, the soccer and the, and the teams and those relationships and then kind of putting some muscle behind it with, you know, an organization that's you know, had a little longer standing and, and, and more relationships in the general, like us media space. Uh, I think that that just has made for a really nice partnership. One last question for you, but I guess before we let you go, unless Brad has anything else, when it comes to just the, the general soccer fan, I want you to go ahead and just, just give a pitch here, uh, as your last thing, pitch this, this tournament to the, the average soccer fan that has no affiliation with any of these teams uh, why should they care about this tournament? Yeah, you know, I, I think we, we've seen, you know, the, the way that soccer can build excitement in Orlando at, at any level. Um, so when you're bringing in teams of of this caliber, I, I don't know if you even have to have a, a distinct understanding of the following or the the individual players. Like we we can help you learn that, right? We can teach you and and, and bring those people to the market for interviews and things like that to help educate in that way. But if you kind of just you know, focus on the level of these brands and, and what they mean, you know, in the context of global sports, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's like bringing in the Yankees. If the, you know, the Yankees were to go play an exhibition game in London, you know, they, they would kind of be along those lines. I, or the, that's kind of how the way I perceive it anyway. And when I see teams like this coming to Orlando to play, and, and I think that in bigger picture, um, you know, it, it's, it's a, a kind of a nice lead in for, for what will hopefully be a positive World Cup decision, you know, later this year, early next year as well. And I think that it's the type of thing where, you know, it only serves us well to have our community, you know, show widespread support of any soccer that's going on, whether they're turning out for Gold Cup matches or showing up for City and Pride matches or or buying tickets to the Florida Cup. I think that it all kind of speaks to that that larger, you know, sense of Orlando being a soccer town and, and and you wanting to be a part of it, you being, you know, maybe the person who's not quite yet a soccer fan, but would like to be, or would like to see what the excitement's all about. And, and the way I see it, if you, if the opportunity is uh, that you get to go see, you know, some of the top brands and, and most talented players in the world play, uh, you know, at a, what I think is a pretty reasonable price right down the street. I, I think that that's a, you know, hopefully it's not, too tough of a sell because I, th- I like to think that if I was not affiliated in any way with the tournament, that I as just a, a, an Orlando bred sports fan would be all over this. Now, I, I did think of one last question after the one last question. Artificial turf or grass for this tournament? It's funny you ask that, grass, which Good. is uh, not the playing surface currently on mm-hmm. the field if I were to look out my window. Yep. But uh, it, it, we are bringing in grass and I'm actually, uh, later this week I'm supposed to go 
take a look at it. So we'll uh, we'll uh, we'll report back on a, a future <laughs> issue. But I, but that'll and that'll be an interesting process itself to see kind of how that technically goes down. I mean, I'm not certainly a, a gardening expert, or despite what my name might suggest. And and you know I you know so I will be watching with bated breath uh, to see how they. Uh, just kind of how the how the sausage is made, so to speak, when it comes to putting down grass in a, a turf stadium. But yeah, that's a you know that's a, for the teams. That's something that's a, it's a necessity. You you mm-hmm. you know that's what they want to play on, and it's better for them to play on, and and that's what we're going to provide. Fantastic. All right. Well, Sam, I appreciate your insight and uh, everything that you kind of shed light on when it comes to this tournament. Uh, best of luck, and uh, we will see you in July. I look forward to it. We'll uh, we'll see you there. FloridaCup.com. Get your tickets today. There you go. Appreciate it. All right. Thank you, guys. All right. And that was our interview with the Director of Marketing and Communications, Sam Gardner from Florida Citrus Sports. Uh, we appreciate Sam for coming on and just basically sharing with us and educating us what's going on with this year's iteration of the Florida Cup. And, of course, Brad, you and I have covered this tournament before, like we mentioned to Sam I'm expecting big things. You know, we, we, we've seen kind of how it's grown over the last couple of years, and this year certainly seems to be the biggest of them yet. Yeah, I mean, with the with the addition of Premier League teams uh, joining the, the competition and, and getting some familiar faces as well um, should be a, an interesting tournament. Absolutely. So, as we do with every iteration of our show, sometimes... We finish out the show with some weird news and red cards just to lighten the mood a little bit and let you know what we're upset about. So the weird news, Brad, take it away. What do you got? Petition urging Jeff Bezos to buy and eat the Mona Lisa gains steam. <laughs> a uh, a change.org petition uh, says, we want Jeff Bezos to buy and eat the Mona Lisa. Nobody has eaten the Mona Lisa, and we feel Jeff Bezos needs to take a stand and make this happen. Uh, so far, at the time of recording, six thousand, uh, roughly six thousand and ten people have signed uh, this uh, petition. As I'm looking at it, that counter is steadily going up, though. Um, just looking at uh, some of the comments on here, Gobble the Lisa. Uh, I feel like this is something society needs, Jeff. We need you to make this sacrifice for society. Uh, the Mona Lisa is uh, owned by the French government, though, and is on permanent display in the Louvre. Uh, whether or not that's the actual Mona Lisa and not like a decoy, uh, it's always like an urban legend. Uh, no one really knows. So, um, yeah, Jeff Bezos, uh, you're dummy thick rich. Um, just go ahead and buy it and eat it. Whatever. Eat that, eat that oily old painted paper. I guess it gives new meaning to eating the rich in a way. Do you think that that paper is rich? Do you think that painting would have like a rich flavor to it? I think it would just be like No, I think it's just it costs money, which makes it rich in and of itself. It's like saying Jeff Bezos is wealthy because his value is high. The Mona Lisa's value is high, so he's technically eating the rich. Got it. Yeah. Very very roundabout way of of taking it there, but it works. Yeah. Yeah, it works. But uh, Jeff Bezos, buy that, buy that painting, you stupid, stupid billionaire. <laughs> well, speaking of eating things, I guess we'll go with my weird news. Uh, Japan has released the world's first edible and functional face mask. So, um, yeah, it's edible melon bread, which is now a big hit in Japan. Uh, it has proven that uh, you can protect yourself from the... Uh, viruses going around in the world while also breathing in the sweet aroma of Japan's most famous melon pan bread. I don't know how that will work, but basically a pack of five goes for about $17. And I, I guess you can breathe in just fine by breathing through melon bread. Uh, it it definitely looks interesting wearing a piece of bread on your face. But I guess it works, you know? Not sure. I, I don't think I would be interested in eating bread that has been protecting my face from viruses. Yeah, no. I was just thinking about that. I was like, wait a minute. Aren't we supposed to be not touching our masks? And so, therefore, by, like, ingesting it, that's even worse than just touching it. Well, I mean, from the inside, you're just eating it. You don't eat the outside, I guess. Oh, so like as you're as you're walking and you get really bored, you just kind of like 
reach out and take a bite. Oh, on so the wait a minute. Mask. Wait a minute. You're telling me I could have like cut a watermelon to like make that into the shape of a mask, and I could have just been eating watermelon this whole time. No, it's it's bread. It's not watermelon. It's melon pan bread. Right, but like if I took like a watermelon and like cut it out like the shape. No, because you could you right? can't breathe through watermelon. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I I mean I guess you could try it. Nobody's stopping you. Hmm. Interesting. Especially here in the U.S. where masks aren't mandated anymore. Interesting. (laughs) Yeah. Well, now I feel like I have to not, well, maybe not attempt this because I don't, I don't really know how I could do that. Where there's a will, there is a way. And that's the important thing. Yeah. Yeah. Please let me know how it goes though once you once you try it. I am I mean, genuinely curious. If you don't hear back from me then you know how it went. <laughs> I'd have to like that, cut, you're, you're, yeah. I have to like cut like an ear hole to like put part of the No no no, no. You, you you thread string through it. Well no, I'm thinking So now like, if you if you Oh, well, yeah, see, yeah. I was thinking of just making like a one piece watermelon rind mask. Kind of like how people like hold it up to their mouths and like, look, yeah. I'm smiling. Yeah, but but like, it's a mask. But it's a mask instead. <laughs> I mean, I feel like def- we really definitely. The, I feel like we really dropped the ball by not attempting this at some point during this pandemic over the last year. You know, you, you guarantee that somebody tried it and we just didn't hear about it. I mean, yeah, probably. Just remember, any any good idea anyone has ever had, The Simpsons did it. This is true. I can't. I I or just am or there's a similar product on Amazon. I had an idea for like, um, a cup, like a like a car cup extender that like mm-hmm. went in your cup holder, but then like, it the base of it just filled the cup holder, but then like it was like, a thing that would go up so that if you had a cup that didn't fit your cup holder it would fit in there and you can adjust mm. it but then it turned out yeah that thing was already on amazon so <laughs> whatever it's either amazon did it or the simpsons did it it's yeah. one or the other there are no good original ideas anymore because somebody already had it that's true like the show not a good idea <laughs> we've been doing it for six years it's too late to turn back now yeah that's true well anyways uh red cards the the part of the show where we say what's pissing us off today brad do you have anything that pisses you off today uh, you know what i'm pissed now uh no no i really don't i've 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 had a pretty pretty good week all things considered um sixers play the hawks today so i don't i'm i'm, I'm, I'm gonna look at today positively um, oh, mm. uh, no, you know what? That, that got me thinking. Uh, I do I do want to give a red card to uh, the national media for not pointing out how loudly Hawks fans cheered when it looked like Joel Embiid uh, got hurt uh, during the, the game. Uh, at, at several points throughout the game, uh, Clint Capella would either try to make a dive or make a play that would look like it would involve Joel Embiid's knee. And at one point, he went down. Hawks fans cheered. It happened another time. Hawks fans again cheered. If that happened in Philly, we'd never hear the fucking end of it. So you know what? That's that's my red card, is the national sports media. Um, I, I thought it was really shameful how all those Philadelphia fans went in, went in there, uh, dressed as, as Hawks fans, and, and cheered for their own player to be hurt. That's, that's my red card. Yep. I think that's a fair one. Um, speaking of NBA, my red card is to the Orlando Magic today for even entertaining the thought of hiring Jason Kidd as their head coach. No. No. That's it. It's it's like that Tobias uh, Arrested Development meme where it's like, those other people delude themselves into thinking it will work, but it never does. Mm-hmm. Listen, Becky Hammond is out there, and she is more than capable i i was i was petitioning for her to be hired by the sixers when they were looking for a new coach last year i know she is interviewing with the magic at some point so i'm i'm excited to see if they do end up giving her a fair shot would be nice 
But if they end up hiring Jason Kidd, just that will be my red card until the end of his tenure. Oh, brother, this guy stinks! Pretty much. And so on that note, on that stinky note, I think we'll end it here. Once again, thank you to Sam Garner for coming on the show and giving us insight about the Florida Cup. Uh, end of July, mark your calendars. Everton, Arsenal, Inter Milan, and Millonarios coming to town for a two-day spectacular, plus some events in between. So be sure, mark your calendars. We'll be talking about it as the events are announced over the next coming weeks. So once again, appreciate you tuning in to another edition of the Orlando Soccer Show. For Brad Newton, I'm Austin David. We'll see you next time. You're dirty brown water trash, and you're always going to be dirty brown water trash.